I always tell people at the beginning of the year that I think resolutions are not the way to go. And I especially want to tell you that vowing, that is promising God something, is definitely not the way to go. What you want to do is you want to get in on God's promises. Amen? He's made promises. You put your hope in that. You put your faith in him, and you pursue his promises. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't set goals. Now, again, none of the kids were able to get that in the first time. But I guarantee you, if they kept trying and trying, they would get it in. And some of you are old like me, and we used to blow those wrappers off the straws all the time and get ourselves in lots of trouble in school. Dean, I bet you did that a few times because you, you look like the kind of nefarious character that when he was a young person might have done that, right? Okay, so today I do want to talk about goals, but I really want to focus that on where a lot of people's minds are this time of year, uh, on the physical, right? Um, now, if you've got a bulletin, and by the way, I didn't run around passing them out, but we do have, uh, Pastor Craig, will you make sure that people have bulletins? If you want a bulletin, uh, Pastor Craig will hand those to you, and it's got the fill-ins there. But here's number one. God designed the human soul, right? That's, that's the totality of you. So we can't do whatever we please with our mind, with our body and spirit and expect to be healthy. Amen? See, this is where our world is, is way off track. There's not the, the understanding that you are a created being. Say, I've been created. Therefore, I have a creator. So you can't just do whatever you want to do and expect that you're going to be healthy. Now, God's built a lot of grace into your life, right? So there's lots of things that people do that are not healthy, and they are okay for a while. But the reality that, you know, sets in as you get older, what you've done to your body when you're younger starts catching up to you. So I see a lot of young people who are just treating their bodies miserably when they're younger. Maybe that's, that could be doing something that seems to be healthy. You can go out and play football. That's a pretty healthy sport, but you can get pretty banged up. I had several roommates in college that had played high school football and couldn't play anymore because they'd blown their knees out. And I had some horrible stories about that. And there's a lot of stories about football players, professional football players. Once they get out of the league and they're older, they can't even walk, right? Some of them are having problems because they've been hit too many times in the head. Uh, you see lots of issues. So it's not even just treating your body poorly with diet, that sort of thing, or with using substances. See, that's the other thing. People use substances when they're younger, and they think, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, but it catches up to you. I've told you the story before of a, um, a person that I met in the 90s, a very interesting person. Her name was Kirsten, and she ran the largest abortion clinic in Dallas County. Long story short, uh, a friend of our church and one of the people that uh, started the, well, the, really the person that started the Crisis Pregnancy Center at The Rock, Jill Boucher, actually led Kirsten to Jesus. And Kirsten now has a daughter that is in her 20s. That daughter would have been aborted. But see, the sad thing is Kirsten used and abused cocaine when she was younger. And it got to where uh, the standard ways of taking cocaine were not enough, so she started injecting it and she was injecting it in her hands and her feet to the point that she actually went to the hospital one time and they thought they were going to amputate, had to amputate her hands and her feet. Well, she survived that and she became a believer 
and she lived a, a really a, a nice family life for years. But see, eventually her heart, having been compromised by cocaine, gave out on her. She was in her 40s when she died. You can't do whatever you want to do and think that everything's going to turn out all right. There is a way things are supposed to be. Why don't you say that? And the way we find out is by looking at God's word. God has designed the universe and it operates according to laws. God has designed your body and your mind, and he's designed a moral world that is a world of laws that we are to live by in accordance with our behavior and our thinking and our speaking, right? So um, that's the first truth that you need to understand. Secondly, um, there's a scripture uh, that is here, and this is the scripture. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for the present life, and the life to come. Now, I've explained in here on a number of occasions what godliness is. It's basically living the life of a worshiper. It's living a life of reverence. It's living a life dedicated to Christ. Godliness is reverence for the Lord and everything, and that is more important than physical discipline. Amen? Kids, what's Proverbs 1-7 say? Say, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wisdom and what? Ah, the D word. That's what we're going to talk about today. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And then 1 Timothy 4.8 was the the, uh, verse that I just looked at here. Okay? So, You need to understand that the number one goal you should have in the new year is to be more godly, to be more Christ-like, to be a better worshiper. But that doesn't mean that you leave out what's going on with your physical body. Now, a lot of people put that uh, in the wrong order, right? Their priorities are off, and they're focusing on their physical rather than understanding that the spiritual is the most important. But that doesn't mean it's the only thing. In fact, once you have your spiritual life in order, then these other areas of your life are going to follow. You're going to want to bring God's word and discipline into those areas, right? So physical discipline is necessary for health and life. I really, uh, I really like this verse, and this is in your bulletin, right? Those who disregard discipline, those who ignore discipline, in the translation that I memorized, what does it say? Despise they despise themselves. See, you may think that by not wanting to involve yourself and engage in discipline, you're making it easy on yourself, but you're really showing that you despise yourself. You don't like yourself. You don't want to improve. Oh, I don't like to exercise. You know, I see all these memes that are, you know, uh, supposed to be funny about, yeah, I'm not going to exercise, or the only exercise I'm going to do is, you know, lifting the fork to my mouth and all this other stuff. But the reality is, you know, that can be funny, but if we just use this as an excuse not to be physically active and not to be healthy, we're showing that we actually despise ourselves, not discipline. If you despise discipline, you despise yourself. But as you're going to see in just a moment, discipline is not just this idea of physical discipline we're talking about. It is the idea of being corrected by a trustworthy other person. Do you allow somebody to come into your life and speak into you? Do you allow that? Do you allow other people who you trust to speak over you and tell you, hey, I think you need to correct these areas of your life? Do you allow that? 
You see, a lot of us are so frail. Our egos are so fragile that we can't admit to being wrong. You know, it is rare these days that I hear anybody issue an apology. Unless there's an avalanche of negative opinion, you don't ever see this in the public eye. The only time people issue apologies is when there's this overwhelming backlash to something that they've posted on Twitter or whatever, and then they're like, well, gosh, if I don't apologize, then I'm going to lose a lot of money and I'll lose a lot of followers. So it's not motivated by any sort of genuine repentance or desire to change. It just means, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't be mad at me anymore. But I rarely see people today, just down in the trenches, you and I, apologize for anything anymore. People don't. They just plow on. And when relationships are mended that have been broken in the past, oftentimes it's just because both parties decided to not think about and not talk about what went on in the past. Can I say this to you? That doesn't make it go away. Ignoring it doesn't make it go away. You need to issue an apology, right? Now, you may be blaming somebody else for doing something, but very rarely when there are relationship problems is it one person's fault exclusively. We usually find ways to participate in that, uh, that irreconcilable difference between ourselves and someone else. We get mad at them because they've done something, and then we do something back. Well, Acting out in kind is not the Christ-like way. I need to act in love. I don't need to treat other people the way they're treating me. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say treat other people the way they're treating you. What does it say? Right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What's that called? The golden rule. Jesus said that. So how do you want other people to treat you? You don't tell them, you show them. And you show them by treating them that way. Now I substitute taught for many, many years, all the way up until 2008. In fact, from 1986 to 2008, I could have had a retirement going on from the school system uh, by now. But I substitute taught in multiple school districts in Arizona and here in Texas. And about the last decade and a half or so of that, or certainly the last 10 years of that, I did the same thing in every classroom at the beginning of class. Kids would come in, and most of the time I substituted in high schools. And kids would come in and go, oh, yeah, sub. Basically, yeah, we can take advantage of this sucker, right? I would always write in very big letters on the board, R-E-S-P, E-C. You're singing the song in your mind right now, aren't you? Young people are like, what? W-U-T, what? Right? You need, to listen, you need to listen to Aretha sing Respect. And what I would tell those students is, I would tell them, I'm going to give you respect today, not because you've earned it, but because you are created in the image of God. And you don't even have to believe in God to benefit from that but I expect you to return the respect that I am giving to you today. In other words, I was showing them what I wanted them to do for me. That's the golden rule. That's the way we need to be living our lives. We need to demonstrate what we want other people to see, right? All right, so I don't know how I went from that to this, but I love this verse. This is Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is? The Bible says that. 
It says if you hate correction, if you can't let anybody tell you what you're doing is wrong, you're stupid. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. The Bible said you're stupid if you don't want to listen to correction from somebody. So what we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to get rid of all the feels that we have. We don't want people telling us what to do and whatever. And we need to be willing to let other people speak over us and not just tell us what we want to hear all the time. Now, we need encouragement. We're in a day and time when, gosh, we need, we need encouragement more than we need anything else. But that doesn't mean that we don't need admonition. Say that word. That means that somebody is going to step into your life and tell you what you need to change. And then it becomes your job to pain. Amen? All right. You guys are right with me today. My goodness, what a crowd. All right. Number four. This I've said this for years. I, I reworded this. I usually say discipline is doing what you don't want to do so you can do what you do want to do. I reworded it here. Discipline is doing what is difficult and heeding advice, both of those, and accepting correction so you may become a better person. Amen? I want to hear an amen. amen. I need encouragement up here, man. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it coming back from you. I'm going to teach you guys to be Pentecostal one of these days, all right? All right, now I didn't memorize this translation. The translation I memorized was, for all, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but in the end, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness, right? For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Amen? So if you haven't been in the gym in a while and you go back to the gym, how do you feel about the, you know, next day? Oh, I'm telling you what. I, if I've been out of the gym for a while and I get back in the gym, I always feel like I've been in a car accident for about three days afterwards. I'm like, what in the world? And it makes you want to give up, doesn't it? All right, or you go out and you run and the air's a little bit cold, and it burns your lungs, and then you're like feeling that, and you're like, man, what in the world? But see, your body will adapt. That's the beauty of the human body. It will adapt. It will accommodate to those situations, and that's what we need to make it do, is adapt to those stresses so that it becomes stronger. Amen? All right? So all discipline for the moment doesn't seem to be joyful. I've told you guys this a million, a million times. I'm going to start running again this year, but I hate running. People get a runner's high. I don't get a runner's high. I get a runner's sigh. I'm just running oh, the whole time, just running out there, not liking what I'm doing. But you know, after I've been running for about a month, I feel so much better. My heart is better. My lungs are better. I'm just in better shape. So when I've gotten to the place where I can easily uh, just run a 5K, without breathing hard or whatever, I'm in good shape. I, now, I'm not like Lige. Lige wants to get into all this extreme running now and, you know, run marathons and ultra marathons. That's good. You do that, buddy. You're young. All right. I don't want to do that. I used to think I wanted to climb Everest. Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> that's just, I'm sorry. That's just too much work and too much money. And you get to the top and, you know, you're not meant to be there. So you can only stay there for like 10 minutes before, you know, you're basically ready to die or a storm's going to come in and freeze you and blow you off the mountain or whatever. No, I'm not. Besides, there have been lots of great pictures by people that have gone to the top. I can just enjoy your pictures. All right. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to be in shape. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to set physical goals. And so what I'm hoping is that you will set physical goals for you and they don't have to be someone else's goals. So um, 
I really like seeing Elijah's videos on, on running and, and hearing about him running and so forth because it motivates me. It doesn't make me want to run as long or as far as he does, but it makes me want to run. It makes me want to be better, right? So you can have those sorts of encouraging people around you that can be there as a motivator to push you forward, okay? Um, let's move on to this, uh, this next one here. If you continue doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting the same results. If you do this year what you did last year, you're going to get this year what you got last year. Do you all know the, the famous quote by Einstein about insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting to get a different result. That's insanity. And yet, we keep doing the same thing over and over and over and just think we're going to get a different... You're not going to get a different result. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. You've got to change. Amen? Amen? I've got to change, right? So, is it time to change some things in your life? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Are you willing to put a little pressure on yourself? You say, oh, pastor, come on, 2020 was bad enough. That's the external. You need to put pressure on yourself so that you can, you can hold up under the strain. Amen? Amen? So when I go to the gym, I get under weight that, I mean, there's no purpose for me to push that weight lift that weight, press that weight, whatever, except that it makes me stronger. So I want to put myself under measured pressure so that I'm going to be stronger. The reality is when there's no pressure, you become weaker. Why don't you repeat that? Do you know what happened? So it's hard to believe now. I mean, we have all this technology, and yet we haven't been to the moon since the 70s, the early 70s. But in those days when we were sending moonshots on a regular basis, those astronauts would walk around on the moon in huge spacesuits that are extremely heavy. I mean, today they probably make spacesuits that'd be really light, but back then they were really heavy. And guess what? They came back after being in space for a couple of weeks, and they came back weaker. Why? Because the gravity on the moon is one-sixth the gravity on earth. You weigh one-sixth what you weigh, right? So if I jump, oh yeah, white men can't jump, definitely. But if I was on the moon, I could probably hit my head on the ceiling because I would weigh nothing, but I would have the same strength, at least for now. But the longer you stay in a situation where there's less gravity, the weaker you become. Are you getting the lesson here? You need pressure. Now, we don't need excessive stress, right? I mean, sometimes we've just got way too much stress, and that would be like me going into the gym and not calculating what I'm capable of lifting or what my body can do now. So I, I hear people say all the time, and this goes back to the design argument at the beginning of the sermon where I said you can't be whatever you want to be. But I hear people say this all the time, ah, age is just a number. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I can feel at times like I, you know, am the same as I was when I was in my 20s, but I'm not. There's all sorts of things that start happening in your body, and there are changes. That's why it becomes increasingly important for you to be healthy as you get older, because you have less and less grace that is there for you to deal with, right? So one of the things that happens when you lift weights at my age is your joints and your tendons don't want to cooperate. So I can feel that I have gotten a lot stronger since last year. 
but I injured this shoulder, and I do this all the time. I've done it for 20 years. I don't intend to, but it's a, it's called, I, you call it a bicep tendon, but it, it tears, and it doesn't want to heal. It takes forever to heal. Well, that's one of the things as you get older, you have to be careful. You have to watch your joints, and you have to watch your tendons because they are more brittle than they were when you were younger. But that doesn't mean that you can't work out, that you can't be healthy, that you can't be strong. You just have to make some adjustments. You have to do some things a different way. Not everybody is the same. Some people are more athletically gifted. Some people, uh, there are three body types, um, and uh, nobody falls exactly into these. You're, you're a percentage of them, all right? But there is an ectomorphic body type. Say ectomorphic. That means you're, you find it very, very difficult to gain weight, all right? So my friend Adrian here is an ectomorph, right? That's an ectomorphic body type. Then there's an endomorphic body type, and I won't point anybody out in the room, so don't get upset. You are going to naturally maintain more fat. If you are an endomorph, you're never going to look like Adrian. Never. Unless something really terrible happens to you. You will not be healthy. You're just... So we have this idea that everybody needs to look the same, but you can't. People have different physiologies, right? So that doesn't mean that Adrian can't gain some weight. That doesn't mean that you can't lose some weight. It just means that you have a physical body that you must deal with. And then there are the mesomorphs, and those are the, the people that all us dudes want to be, right? That's the guy that's just naturally muscular. It's just, they just pack on muscle naturally, right? Um, so Leo is uh, a mesomorph, right? None of us are perfectly all of these. No, he is. He's, he's just one of those guys that just walks around like this, and I'm like, yeah, you've been lifting lately? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I lift hard every day, and this is what I look like. Come on, man. It's just not fair. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, I'm old, and this is back when he was a bodybuilder, and he was big, and he was just amazing, man. I mean, he, we had, he had, his chest was like these steel plates. I lifted and lifted. I bought Schwarzenegger's book called Education of a Bodybuilder. I ate the horrible burger that he said you should eat with eggs and, and all this other stuff in it. I mean, I could barely stomach it. I made these shakes with eggs and all that. I never got like that. It just didn't happen. And I lifted hard. You've got to deal with your own physi physiology, with your own physical type. You've got a certain set of parameters, a certain set of boundaries, but that doesn't mean that you can't get healthy within those boundaries. Amen? So, question is, is it time for you to change some things? And a new year is indeed a great opportunity to do that. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. And you'll notice that one of the things that I'm doing is I'm keeping these sermons shorter, so hopefully I keep your interest level up. Amen? Oh, overwhelming, amen. Pastor, we want to go get some lunch, all right? I'm going to challenge you to set at least four measurable, achievable goals for 2021. Now, it is not a measurable goal for you to say, well, I, I just want to get closer to God. That's a goal, but that's not measurable. How do you measure that? You can't measure that, right? Is that achievable? Yeah, it's achievable, right? but it's not measurable, right? Um, let's try another one. I want to be able to, uh, I want to be able to increase my vertical from 
what it is now, which is probably about 15 inches to 45 inches. Well, that's measurable. It's just not achievable. Does that make sense? I am never going to leap 45 inches. In fact, nobody in this room will either. Now, there are human beings that can. It's phenomenal. But they're gifted, as I indicated earlier. So you need to set goals that are measurable and that are achievable. So um, here are the four areas that I challenge you to set those goals in. First of all, the spiritual area. Now, this could be something like, uh, I want to read the Bible more. Well, how do you make that a measurable goal? I want to read a chapter of the Bible every day. How do you achieve that goal? You text the word, T-H-E-W-O-R-D, to 94000, and I will send you a chapter every single day. I will help you achieve that goal. Now, that doesn't mean you'll automatically become more spiritual, but it is one way that you can engage in the Word of God and increase your faith and ideally draw closer to the Lord and become more spiritual. There are other measurable goals I want to pray every day. Well, how do you make sure you achieve that? You set a time and a place, and you do it every single day. Now, I would encourage you to start your day with the Lord and in the Word. I've told you guys before what I do. I get up, I make coffee, I go, I sit down in front of my computer, and I read three different lectionaries, and I do this every morning. And by the way, this is how about three-quarters of the time I get the scriptures that I send to you. I'm praying through, and I'm working through, and I'm looking at all of these things, and then I send a chapter that I think would be beneficial to you, right? Sometimes it's related to the time of year. Just through Christmas, I sent out Luke 1 and Luke 2 and Matthew 1 and Matthew 2. Why did I send those out around Christmas? That's the Christmas story right there. And then the first day of this year, I sent out John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, right? Then I sent out Hebrews 11. That's the faith chapter. And this morning, I sent out Hebrews 12, which is the chapter on discipline, right? So I will try to help you all that I can, but you are the one that has to make these determinations. You have to set aside a time. You have to set aside a place. Now, prayer and the Word, those are just two things. There's lots of areas. You pray, you let the Lord convict you and help you. Mental, right? Um, so as we get older, and even in the, the society we're living in, the culture that we're living in, there's so much coming at us that we can find that our memory is lax. We can find that we're having a hard time. And, I, and I, you've seen me. I had a, uh, a brain, I'll just call it a, a brain farfrignugan, uh, a couple of weeks ago, where I just froze in the middle of a verse that I quoted my whole life. You see, it never gives up. I teach karate. That's a memorization issue as well. I come in here every week and I practice the same katas that I've known for 35 years. Because if I don't, I'll forget them. That's just one thing. Memory is one, one area. You may choose to read more. And that's going to be a way to help increase uh, your ability to, uh, to learn, to grow intellectually. But it's also going to push back that tendency to be forgetful, Right? Um, the physical, that's what we've been talking about a lot up here today. I have a contest that I am going to uh, be running from today through February 13th for those of you that would like to lose some body fat. I bought a brand new scale out there, tested it out this morning. Carlos helped me test it out this morning. And basically, uh, this is why I'm wearing this. That's why Pastor Craig is wearing that. You take your shoes and socks off. You step on the scale. I'm going to create a profile on my phone. You're going to weigh yourself. It's going to give us uh, your body fat, and it's going to give us your weight. And by the way, I have it set for kilograms, so ladies, you can step on it, and people are going to go, huh? I don't know what that means, right? 
but it'll come out on my phone correctly. And then what we'll do is we'll measure your body fat today and we'll measure your body fat on February 13th. February 13th is the day before what day? That's why I'm calling it get healthy for your honey. Right? And we're going to look at the amount of body fat that you lost and what that represents for you. So right now I'm at about 15% body fat. If in that period of time I lose 5% body fat, then I'm not going to measure that against somebody else who may be 30% body fat because for me to lose 5% is a whole lot more and an overall percentage than somebody who has 30% who loses 5%, right? You can do the math here, right? So 5% is what part of 15? It's a third. So if somebody else has 30% body fat to equal me, what would they need to lose? They'd need to lose 10%. So in other words, I'm measuring you against you. We're competing with one another, but I'm measuring you against you. I'm keeping track of it on my phone because the scale lets me create all of these profiles. You guys will become my extended family, right? Now, if you want something more accurate, uh, Pastor Craig and I both have a body fat measure, and uh, if you have a more accurate uh, measurement of your, of your weight without so many clothes on, then you can give that to us and we can measure it. But for the purpose of the contest, we're all going to use that scale, right? All right, so there's lots of things that you can do physically, and that's really heavily promoted in our culture, so I'll let you make that determination. And finally, social, this has to do with relationships, right? So perhaps... You could make a goal to make a new friend in 2021. Perhaps you could make a goal to restore a relationship, to reconcile yourself to somebody uh, that uh, you haven't spoken to in a while. There's lots of options that are here. And uh, there is a family that has set goals for themselves and uh, posted those on Facebook. So, uh, Pastor Craig, you've got that microphone still. I'm going to ask Pastor Craig to come up here very briefly and tell you about the goals that he and his family set. And this can kind of be a way for you to think through some things. Hey, this was not planned. So, um, yeah. Uh, and I, when I've, uh, in the past, when I've taught, um, especially seniors, I've talked about SMART goals, which is what Pastor Darrell was alluding to. Uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. There's a lot of information about that. You can look it up. Um, uh, Pastor Warren, Rick Warren has got a whole thing about SMART goals as well, and Daryl's preached on that. So these are not necessarily in that format, uh, but these were, we sat our kids down, my wife and I did on New Year's Eve, and we just kind of walked through some of these. And some of this was uh, what the kids said, some is what we said. So these are not individual goals. These are as a family. Um, and here's what we got. Uh, and you'll notice that some of these are, we probably don't have all of those categories met, but we will work out as a family four days a week. And normally that will be some sort of karate workout, but we're going to work out as a family four days a week. And we are, uh, if we're going to hit that this week, we need to get started because we're behind. Uh, we will eat more fruits and vegetables and less sugar each day. And that one, see, that's a good example of not being specific and measurable because what does that mean? So that's something that we need to flesh out a little bit more. But that's something we were talking about with our kids is that, you know, we need to be eating less sugar and eat um, more nutritious things. Uh, we will read the Bible or devotional every day. That's something that's easy to measure. Um, it could be more specific, though. Uh, pastor said reading a chapter a day. 
Um, our kids, and there's this great app, and Rachel can tell you more about it because I don't remember exactly what it is, but there's this great thing for kids to where they can do it themselves. It's like a one-minute little video um, where it encourages them and it explains a part of the Bible and then they read it together. So Jubilee and Asher can do that together and it's meant for kids. It's great. And then uh, Pastor Daryl gave a devotional to leaders in our church and that's something that Rachel and I are doing. Uh, We will pray together at least once a week. Hopefully we're praying more than once, but we meant as an entire family. And our family is getting bigger, so it's hard to do that. Uh, So we want to make sure we're setting time to where we're all doing that together at least once a week. And then we will uh, read every day. Uh, that's especially for our kids is that we're trying to make sure that they're reading each and every single day. Um, hopefully um, they'll do that part in the Bible, but also just reading, getting them exposed to some good books that we tell them are okay or not okay. And then we will practice karate every day. Everybody in our family, well, almost everybody is in karate. Uh, Rachel and little Shiloh are going to be joining soon. And so that will be almost everybody in our family will be doing that. So we want to start getting into that. So you'll see that there's some stuff there that, um, again, spiritual is between you and God, but we do talk about prayer and we do talk about reading the word and devotionals, mental reading, physical. We're working out together as a family. We're doing karate. There's really nothing up there for social, but when you have a family of six that have three other people live with you, we're pretty good on that end. So um, we're not going to worry about that so much, but I would say that uh, looking at what Daryl, you've just said, and what 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 we wrote down for here is that we definitely need to be more specific, and those actionable steps are a big deal, and that's something we talk about in education all the time. We can have this goal, but if you don't have these steps leading up to that goal, very often, more often than not, it just becomes a wish, and we don't want this to be a wish. We want there to be actionable steps, and Pastor's given us a lot of great ideas for that. I hope you've been listening. And just like he said, as far as the physical thing, man, there's tons of information out there. So uh, if you need more, you I mean, this guy has read probably more than any of us when it comes to that, but there's plenty of stuff out there. So come to him, come to somebody else, and we can get on that more. Amen. All right. And then I included in everybody's bulletin, if you have a bulletin, uh, 10 rules for fat loss. So if you want to participate in that, that's already there for you. So today's been very practical. Um, Normally, we want to focus on faith. You want to focus on Jesus. That's the most important thing you can do in your life. That's the center of your spiritual walk. It's not things you can do for God, but it is trusting what God has done for you. Amen? As I said last week, some people came to Jesus, and they said, what must we do to work the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Amen? So, but you're going to believe enough that you're willing to do something about it and take action. So we're going to conclude our service with another time of worship, and hopefully you will use that time to enter in and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Um, I, you know, at the end, I I put this... uh, put this in my in my notes and I, I didn't I didn't put it on the on the uh, the board there um, but um, you need to be intentional say the word intentional. intentional that means you need to make a plan but before you make a plan you need to pray so you need to pray and you need to plan and then you need to pursue the plan right say this with me say I need to pray I need to plan I need to pursue the plan. So it starts in prayer. It starts with you entering in, and hopefully you will uh, you'll use this as a time uh, to do 